This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Acts 24, verses 24 and 25. This is what God's Word says. It says, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was Jewish, he sent for Paul, and he heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And the Bible says that Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way, for this time, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Let us pray. God, I pray right now that you would anoint us for this strategic hour with your Pentecostal power. I cannot, you never said I could. You can, you always said you would. I pray today that you would speak to us and through us. I pray today that you would meet the needs of the people. But God, I pray for that man, woman, boy, or girl that's here, that's listening, that's watching, that does not know you as personal Savior, that today would be the day they would come to know you in the free pardon of sin. And God, for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. The, the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee, before it was the Grand Ole Opry, it was the Ryman Auditorium. And before it was the Ryman Auditorium, it was a church. It was actually built for a preacher from Cartersville, Georgia, a Methodist preacher by the name of Sam Jones to preach in. As I say, it started out as a church. And there was a young man who sang at the Grand Ole Opry. He only sang there one time. He, he wanted to sing more times there, but he, he was only invited to sing there one time. He, he sang there one time, and the manager of the Grand Ole Opry said to him, Son, music is not your gift. I understand you have a job as a truck driver. He said, that's where your future is at. Stay driving the truck because music is not where it's at for you. But it's a good thing that manager of the Grand Ole Opry, that Elvis Presley did not listen to him. But I've often thought about that manager and I thought, my, what a missed opportunity. There was a guy by the name of Walt who had a friend by the name of Art. And he said, Art, take a drive with me. And Art gave this testimonial. He said, I got in his car and we drove down into some orange orchards. 
We, we drove down into some fertile ground. We, I saw all these trees. And he said, Walt said to me, Art, would you like to invest some money? He said, would you like to invest some money in this land? He said, because this land is going to be worth 20 times more than it's worth right now in days to come. And Art gave this testimony. He said, I would not be interested. I think it's a waste of money. And Art Linkletter later said, I wish I'd listened to Walt Disney. Because he said I would be a wealthy man. It was a missed opportunity. A missed opportunity. The man who led me to faith in Christ, his birthday is Tuesday. His name is Clayton Jones. He'll be 80 years old this Tuesday. It's amazing. My hair gets lighter. His gets darker. <laughs> it's amazing. 80 years old. A few years back, they reached out to me. And the area in which he lives, he's kind of the, the marquee preacher. And they said, we're going to have a special day to honor him. And they said, you're his greatest accomplishment. He brags about you all the time. And it would mean so much if you would come. He would be beside himself if you would come. But I was delusional. And I thought, well, I don't need to miss church at Rock Springs. The church might go under if I miss a Sunday. And I said, I'm so sorry. I won't get to be there. The man who came to me at midnight. And I said, I'm so sorry. It's been a deep regret in my life. You know, as preachers, it's easy to preach about the failures of men and women in the Bible, but sometimes it's difficult to talk about our failures. I can never go back and be there. It was a missed opportunity in my life. I want to talk to you about a Roman governor. He was a Gentile. He was married to a Jewish lady by the name of Drusilla. He was the governor over Judea and Samaria, and he ruled from Caesarea by the sea. When I take groups to Israel, my first stop is always Caesarea by the sea. I do this strategically. It's the, it's the place that Herod the Great built. Now, Herod was Herod the Great, not because he had great character, but because he was a great builder. We're talking about the temple. We're talking about Masada. And, and I take them there, and I, I, I show them that amphitheater. amphitheater. I, I show them 
the harbor that, that Herod the Great built. And there's a reason why I always share the gospel at Caesarea by the sea. Because that's the place where the, where the first Gentile convert came to faith in Jesus Christ. The last time I was over there, we were over there with over 200 people. And we gathered in that amphitheater and shared the gospel. And even on a trip to Israel, six people prayed to receive Christ as personal savior. I want to talk to you about this, this Roman governor by the name of Felix and his wife, Drusilla. And, and I want you to see three simple things primarily from these two verses. The first thing I want you to see is this. I want you to see the circumstances. The, the, the circumstances. See, this man really should have never been governor. He was actually a slave under a Roman emperor by the name of Claudius. And Claudius took a liking to Felix. And he made Felix governor. Now, Felix was married three times. Drusilla was actually married when he got with her. She was married to a Syrian king. Now listen to this. He hired a magician to persuade her to leave the Syrian king and marry him. Now, he was at Rome and from Rome to Caesarea by the sea, is 1,400 miles. So he travels from Rome to Caesarea by the sea to become governor. And what's amazing is that he even had the opportunity to hear the greatest preacher of all times, the apostle Paul. Why was Paul at Caesarea by the sea? He was arrested in Jerusalem and there was going to be an insurrection from the people there and they were going to kill Paul and the leaders in Jerusalem said we better take hundreds of men and we better take him 65 miles from Jerusalem up to Caesarea by the sea so we know that he will be alive for trial. Now what's interesting, this Gentile governor says, I want to see Paul who's there in prison. Why would a Gentile governor want to see this Jewish preacher that's there in prison? Let me explain. Felix was married to a Jewish girl by the name of Drusilla. You say, what does that mean? Well, I know you don't know who she is, 
but you probably know who her daddy was. Her daddy was Herod, the one who was killing all the babies two years and under. And no doubt what she said to him, Felix, this faith that this man's preaching about, this Jesus that he's preaching about, I know something about him because my daddy tried to kill him because he killed all the other babies. But somehow this baby Jesus survived and he started a movement. Here's what I know. God used a lot of circumstances so that Felix could hear the gospel. I want you to know something, folks. God will use circumstances. God will use things like grandparents' day. God will use grandparents. God will use a husband. God will use a wife. God will use a friend to create circumstances so we can hear the gospel. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, some fell on good ground and brought forth fruit. See, see, it's talking about the seed, the word of God going into this fallow, soft, fertile ground and, and the seed taking root. Wait, what causes ground to be fertile? What causes ground to be soft? A storm. And ladies and gentlemen, many times God will send a storm to get your attention. God will send adversity to your life. God will send trials to your life. God will send difficulty to your life because God is trying to use circumstances so you can hear the gospel. God is trying to use circumstances, ladies and gentlemen, to bring you to him. Now, now quickly, I see the circumstances, but I see something else. I see the clarity of the gospel. The Bible says that Paul talked to him about his faith. And then the Bible says he reasoned with him. He reasoned with him concerning three things. The first thing he reasoned with him concerning was righteousness. Righteousness. He said, let, 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 let me talk to you about righteousness. Because Paul knew that we have a tendency to judge one another. We have a tendency to say, well, I'm better than so-and-so. I heard about a man and his wife, they were having coffee one morning. And the wife says to the husband, she looks through the window and says, look at that clothesline over there. That lady needs to learn how to wash. Her clothes are dirty. And the next morning they're having coffee and she says to her husband, that lady needs to learn how to wash. Her clothes are dirty. And the next morning she gets up and she says to the husband, she must have learned how to wash because her clothes are clean. And the husband said, oh no, 
She didn't learn how to wash. I just cleaned our window. See, folks, hey, 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 I would go down to church if, there wasn't, if it wasn't for the hypocrites. You know, yesterday I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Walmart. And while I'm there, Barbara texts me and said, Benny, you need to get some water at Walmart and da-da-da, need to get this and get that. And you know what I know beyond any shadow of a doubt? In that Walmart, there were hypocrites in that store. But I didn't throw that water down and say, no, I'm not going to buy this water here because there's hypocrites in this store. Wait, he said he reasoned with him concerning righteousness. Somebody said, well, I'm, I'm better than so-and-so. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Hey, can I give enough money? What? Hey, hey, if enough money, if giving enough money would take you to heaven, what if you come up $10 short? He said, I just talked to him about righteousness. And he explained it, folks. Genesis says this. Adam and Eve were naked and they weren't ashamed. Why were they not ashamed? Because they'd never sinned. They were naked and they were not ashamed because they had never sinned. But look what happened after they sinned. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. That had to be uncomfortable. But ladies and gentlemen, they were trying to do something about their sin. They were trying to do something. Oh, I'm as good as so-and-so. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm a good man. I, I, I pay my bills. I, I'm a member of the Pink Lemonade Sipping Society. I'm a, no, no, no. But it wasn't sufficient. But the Bible says in Genesis, and Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins. Wait. And he clothed them. What'd God do? He took something that was totally innocent. Something that was totally innocent shed its blood. Listen, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Listen. He took something that was totally innocent, shed its blood, tucked the skins, and took care of the sin of Adam and Eve. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ went to a cross. Second Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For he made him to be sin for us that knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When you come to Christ, he gets your sins, but you get his righteousness. He said, let me talk to you. Not only about righteousness. Let me talk to you about temperance. Let me talk to you about self-control. He said, you've persuaded this woman to become your wife. You used a magician so she would become your wife. You have no self-control in your life. But he said, I want you to know something, Felix. When you're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus, you get the disposition of Jesus. And you get the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah. Folks, I'm not going to camp long, but unless there is within us that which is above us, 
we'll soon yield to that which is around us. That's why Galatians said, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, wait, self-control, or temperance. Against there is no law. He said, let me talk to you about righteousness. Let me talk to you about self-control, and that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. But let me talk to you about judgment to come. I know it's 2023 and we don't preach about this anymore. But folks, it's the Bible. And Hebrews 9 and 27 says, and it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. I know we don't preach about it. But we're going to stand before God and we're going to be judged. See, I'm at the season of life I'm in. I'm more concerned about what God's going to say to me than what people are saying about me. And this is all I'm going to say. If Jesus had preached the gospel that a lot of preachers preach today, he never would have been crucified. We got to say what we mean. We got to mean what we say, but we don't have to say it mean. See, we're all going to be judged. You just got to decide where you're going to be at. I, I, I'm going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Second Corinthians 5 and 10 says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I, I want to be there. I, I may not get one reward. I, I may not. There'll be five different crowns given out. I, I, I probably won't get one. But, but I'm going to be there because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And the only people that are going to be there are those that have accepted Christ as their personal Savior. But there's another judgment. It's in Revelation chapter 20. Look what it says. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Wait, folks. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. What do you mean the dead, small, and great? I mean it matters not what your status is. If you don't know Christ as personal Savior, you will be at the great white throne judgment. It matters not if you're on welfare or you're fair and well. If you don't know Christ, this is where you'll be. What's going to happen, Pastor? Well, verse 15 tells us, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm almost done. I want you to see the circumstances. I want you to see the clarity. But I want you to see the callousness. Look what the Bible says. And he reasoned with him concerning temperance and righteousness and judgment to come. Wait. Felix trembled. You hear me closely? 
If you don't know Christ as your personal savior, you have every reason and every right to be scared. If you don't know Christ as your personal savior, you have every reason and every right to be scared. He trembled. And then he said these words. I'll wait for a more convenient season. I'll wait for a more convenient season. Paul was there two years. It never happened. I've often thought if this man Felix had accepted Christ, later, Paul stood before his brother-in-law. His name was Herod. He stood before his brother-in-law and he reasoned with him. And Herod Agrippa said, almost, Thou persuadest me to become a Christian. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hanger nades. I've often thought if Felix had became a Christian, perhaps he would have impacted his brother-in-law. Friend, I want you to know something. You never know the impact of your life on other people. Grandfather, you never know the impact of your life on other people. You coming to Christ may bring many of your family members to faith in Jesus Christ. Today is Grandparents Day. On both sides, I only knew one grandparent. I only knew one. Her name was Rena McBride. I called her Granny. Granny had no education. Granny couldn't read or write. Very poor. Christmas time would come. Maybe we'd be having Thanksgiving. And I'd say, Granny, Christmas is just a few weeks away. What would you like for Christmas? The statement was always the same. Oh, Benny, just money or anything. <laughs> we lived in McMinnville, Tennessee. I had nothing myself. They'd hand me my check 
on Friday. And I'd pray and say, God, let me have enough gas to get to the gas station. I'd be work running a machine and I, there'd be a Coke machine right there and it would be a quarter and I'd think I'd like to have something to drink, but, but I don't have a quarter. You say, Pastor, you don't understand anybody having a hard time. I understand more than you'll ever know. And I'd get in that car and say, God, help me to have enough gas to get to Citibank in McMillville, Tennessee and get this check cashed. I'd pull up at a dumpster. And I'd say, there's Granny. And Granny'd be in that dumpster and she'd say, Benny boy, there's some good stuff people put in these dumpsters. There's some good stuff people put in these dumpsters. I became a Christian and my grandmother was elderly, but I knew she wasn't a Christian. And you hear me closely, folks. Being old won't take you to heaven. Being a grandparent will not take you to heaven. Living a long life will not take you to heaven. And my grandmother was old, but she had lived a rough life. And I couldn't stand the thought of my grandmother going to hell. She'd had a lot of hell on this earth. And I called Granny. And I said, Granny, we're having revival at the church. There's a preacher preaching, and Granny, I wish you would come. He's a good preacher. She said, no, boy, I'm not going to come. I said, I wish you would. No, boy, I'm not going to come. I'm not interested in that. That's never been a part of my life, and I'm not interested in it, boy. I said, Granny, I'll tell you what. If you'll come, I'll come. I had a 74 GMC pickup truck, three speed on the column. Used to hang up and I'd have to crawl underneath the truck and try to get it, the cleavage unhooked while some nut was blowing at me in the back. I said, Granny, I'll come and pick you up. And after the service, we'll go to the Sonic and I'll buy you something to eat. She said, what time you want to be here, boy? <laughs> and we went to service that night and Robert Johnson preached and the service ended and nobody knew it, but I was so sad because I had everything riding on Granny would get saved and Granny didn't. And we got in my truck and we went to the Sonic and I got granny whatever she wanted. And as we got real close to the house, I said, granny, I wish you'd go back with me tomorrow night. Wasn't it good? She said, it wasn't good. She said, I didn't enjoy it, boy. 
I said, why didn't you enjoy it? She said, the whole time that preacher was preaching, he was staring at me. I, I knew that preacher wasn't staring at her. I knew the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, oh, Brother Benny, you got on my toes. No, no. If I was aiming for a body part, it wouldn't be your toes. No, the Holy Spirit was dealing with Granny. And I said, Granny, what about tomorrow night? She said, no. I said, Granny, what about if we go back by the Sonic? She said, what time are you going to pick me up? And that night, this will explain who I am. That night, the preacher preached. And it had those old theater seats. My mama was there, the grandchildren was there, but it had those old theater seats that pop up and down. And I looked over at Granny. That old rough, wrinkled face. She'd lived hard. I could elaborate on some of the things in her life, but I won't. But she'd lived hard. And I saw tears coming down Granny's face. And then I looked. And one of those grandchildren had been playing around and got its leg caught in that chair that's going up and down. And God bear me record. I said, devil, I hate you. Because Granny got real concerned about that grandbaby. You hear me? You hear Preacher Benny? The devil will do anything to distract somebody's mind from the gospel. The devil will use anything to distract somebody's mind from the gospel. So well, I just sat and held my baby and let it cry. Listen, somebody ought to escort you outside and cuddle that baby and whip you for sitting there so long. Because souls are on the brink of eternity. That may be the only service that a grandmother's in. And I went to that grandchild and I pulled her leg out. And then I pushed her back into that seat and I said, don't you move a muscle. <laughs> and Robert Johnson continued the invitation. And I looked over at Granny and then I seen her go. And she fell down at the altar. And Pastor Robert Johnson told her what she had to do to get saved. Then she reached over and she hugged my mama who was kneeling praying right beside her. We went to the Sonic and we got back home. And my mother was still up. I said, Mama, what's wrong? She was crying. She said, not anything's wrong. But she said, Benny, when your grandmother reached over and hugged me, she said, I love you. 
said, Minnie, that's the first time in my life my mother's ever told me that she loved me. Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we all stand? Can we all stand to our feet? Missed opportunities. Don't miss the opportunity to come to Jesus because eternity is too long to be wrong. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.